This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. yet another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. My name is Ali Mokanenugakweli and I'll be your host today. So on the show, I have Arthur Mugwa, who is the CEO of AI Care and also one of the seasoned investment risk and derivative guys I have met so far. And Arthur and I are going to talk about insurance specifically motor insurance and the insurance background in Kenya, as well as the transition towards insure tech, specifically looking at how motor insurance could be digitized and how we could leverage on emerging technology for motor insurance. Welcome to the show, Arthur. Thank you very much. Just to begin right on, yeah, the insurance industry in Kenya has seen quite a few changes and the COVID-19 pandemic clearly just escalated some of the few troubles that we already had in the general insurance space in Kenya. How do you think the Kenyan insurance industry is performing compared to its peers within the continent and in the world? Are we where we're supposed to be? Thank you for that. Uh, very loaded question. Well, I'll first start off just talking about the pandemic and what you've observed in terms of customer behavior. One of the key things, particularly around motor insurance, is that people have not been driving much during the pandemic period due to you know the lockdowns, due to work from home. And that's caused people to start re-looking at their insurance expense, particularly comprehensive insurance on their vehicles. Because if I pay for a full year's insurance, I do expect to be able to utilize that over the whole year. So if my car is parked, I start feeling hard done. And many insurers are actually struggling to come up with product where they'd be able to correctly give back money to their clients who've not been driving during this period. So it's something that's been faced not just in Kenya, but across the globe. Now, in terms of the insurance sector in Kenya compared to the rest of Africa, you know, South Africa has a very high insurance penetration. And so they're a good example of, you know, where we could get to if all the structures are set correctly within the country. There are lots of innovative products being pushed around, but I think they've not really managed to, to get to the actual users. Um, promote products that are usable by majority of the populace. So the growth of insurance lags the growth of GDP in this country. In this day and age, it's impossible to discuss any consumer segment without talking about the millennials who drive the consumption of various products across the world. There has been this general shift to tech in many industries, including the insurance. So we have InsureTech, which is a growing segment in the world and now in Kenya. Where do you think we are in terms of the reception of InsureTech in general? Well, you mentioned a very interesting point on millennials and how they're currently driving spending. When you look across the board, particularly at things like motor insurance, 
The products were constructed a while back and there's been very little changes to them. To take advantage of the prevailing technology, to take advantage of the kind of customers that are available to them in this day and age. And so that's one thing as insurers really need to start paying attention to who has the money, who's paying the money. Um, with regards to insurtechs, as technology develops, there becomes a need to be able to utilize this technology for the greater good of the populace. And so insurtechs come in and fill that gap where you know sectors are lagging in adoption of technology. For example, insurance has been very traditional, require that push or impetus from third parties to be able to move that step up. You know, a good example here would be, we've seen Tesla in the States talking about getting into insurance. They already have over the air updates in their vehicles for things such as, you know, if you want to increase the horsepower of a vehicle, you just pay a small amount software update and suddenly your car can go faster. Um, you know, and with that kind of technology, if there's an accident somewhere, you're able to immediately tell someone that this route over here has problems coming ahead. With technology such as that available, it's upon us to now utilize those to be able to lower the risk in the industry and to be able to give innovative solutions to insurance customers. You know, when you talk about emerging technology, there's obviously something to talk about, you know, data. Now compared to five, ten years back, we have a lot of data points. What is the gap in utilizing some of the resources like data in appraising, in determining pricing that are underutilized by traditional insurance in general? So there's a whole load of data out there. And I'm sure insurers are also aware of this. They've hired very many competent people who are you know, great at data science and are able to crunch all these numbers. However, when you have unstructured data, for example, in the insurance industry, when you sign your policy, majority of the time, a lot of the data sits with the intermediary. So the underwriter who's calculating all your risk basis does not really have very clean data or very consistent data to be able to make a correct decision against you know, all of that data. And then you also require a very strong technology team to be able to handle the volume of data that's coming in in an effective manner to allow you to be able to really harness the power of the data coming through. And that's why insurtechs that are lean, that don't have legacy systems that they need to support, have been able to start harnessing this data and add value within this ecosystem. As we continue with this discussion, tell us a little bit about AI care. And I understand that you guys are specifically delving into motor insurance, is that right? Yeah. What do you guys do and what problem is there in the market that you um, Known as Antler, that put us all together in the room. And while we're looking at you know, the various problems that are affecting Kenyans, that are affecting Africans, we narrowed it down to insurance as a sector and looked at a variety of problems facing the insurance sector to try and see you know, what could we, with our skill sets, try and help to solve. And you know, it really surprised us when we found out that more than 80% of motor insurance underwriters lost money in motor insurance last year. And as we kept digging, you know, the hole got even deeper. We just did like quick analysis and up till 2014, the whole industry has been making losses of more than 
2 billion shillings a year. So, you know, you look at motor insurance and you assume that's the one place where insurers are really making money, but it's actually a sort of loss leader for many of them. So once we found that out, uh, we were very curious to see what the reasons are. And the first thing that became very apparent was that the insurers do not have good data to enable them to price risk at an individual level. Uh, If we say you are an excellent driver and I am a terrible driver, when we both go get motor insurance, we will be given an average rate, so say 4%. And I'll get 4%, you will get 4%, despite the fact that you're a great driver and I'm a terrible driver, which is not fair to the customers and also leaves the insurers exposed in the event that they get a book that is skewed towards having bad drivers. So that was one thing, an ability to risk price individuals. Then um, something that's mentioned but really hard to measure is fraud. You know, we talked to many different participants in the industry and there was always that nagging feeling in their heads that a big chunk of the claims that they see are fraudulent claims. It's just that it's hard to prove. Estimates range from 10% of claims to up to, some people said, 40-50% of motor insurance claims have some element of fraud in them, which, you know, is a large number when you look at the size of premiums that are written in this market. And then finally, there's also the aspect of competition. So the products in the market, as I said earlier, have been somewhat similar without much change over the last so many years. And so product-wise, there isn't much differentiation in motor insurance, which means that competition is largely on price. And when you start competing on price, you can just keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper in that hole without any end in sight. So you'll find people offering uneconomical rates just to be able to get market share, but other people copy the same. And so you end up with that downward spiral in prices without necessarily having an outlet for them to be able to make money from gaining market share. So that was kind of what brought us into this. Okay. And like, what are some of the things that you offer that would help both to customize the pricing of insurance policies and what insurance cuts on fraud as well as diversify the current available options? So IK is a telematics company and telematics is something that has succeeded in many countries. South Africa is a very good example of a jurisdiction where this has really taken off and done great work there. And so we've looked at different jurisdictions, we've looked at uh, different models employed in telematics, taken the best practice, what's worked and not worked across the regions, and put together a package for local insurers to enable them to compete with the best globally in this space. In terms of solving these problems on the fraud end, um, you know, once you're able to track a vehicle, track someone's behavior, you're able to eliminate a lot of the areas that fraud happens. So, you know, if fraud happens in the reporting of the accident, we're able to give an immediate report that is very objective about when the accident happened, what the parameters were about the accident, you know, what speed was the person traveling before the accident happened, um, what time of day, what location were they in. So that reduces fraud on the one side. In terms of the risk-based pricing, we're able to actually tell your driving behavior. So within you know, less than 10 hours worth of driving, you begin to get a very good idea 
of what kind of driver you are and whether you tend towards getting accidents or not. And with this information, insurers can either price you accordingly, um, give you a premium that befits the kind of driving behavior you exhibit, or on the other side, they can also proactively manage risk. So they can look at you and say, you know, you break very badly when you're heading towards roundabouts. And giving you that information and giving you tips on how to improve, they lower the chance of you getting into an accident, which lowers obviously for the insurer their risk and for you also makes you a safer driver on the road. So it's a win-win for both the customer and the insurer. Then finally, in terms of innovative products, here we could go on and on. There's very many of them that we put out. But just to give you an example, there are products like pay per mile or pay per kilometer. Um, your insurance is not based off of the time period, one year. It can also be based off of the distance that you drive. So for a certain number of kilometers, you get a low rate. If you go above that, then you get a high rate. You could also have bespoke products such as now the behavior-based insurance where, as I mentioned earlier, good drivers get lower premiums, bad drivers get higher premiums and so on and so forth. There's a lot of other products that you could build on top of this technology that really creates value proposition for the users. I have two questions here. First of all, whenever you pricing or you build your product upon data, we have to address the issue of the dynamic nature of data. So for example, driver behavior could either improve or deteriorate based on a number of factors. How does AI care make sure that the pricing is always at par with the dynamic behavior? That's a very good question. Actually, one of the things that we've learned during the time we've been observing driving behavior and just looking at what other people have learned in other jurisdictions, driver behavior is pretty sticky. So the deterioration part is much harder than you think. Once you've gotten a certain style of driving, you tend to drive in that manner. So coaching someone to improve would be a gradual process. If I tell you you break badly and then you change today, in two days you might start changing back to your old behavior. So there has to be constant reinforcement for that behavior change to stick and become you know, part of your now daily routine. And so in that regard, when you find out a person's base behavior, you're already able to start pricing them and it's pretty accurate for their regular behavior. And now as they start changing, you can also now adapt your pricing according to that change. So for us, one of the key things that we provide in the market is once we get to know our driver well enough, we're also able to start predicting the probability of them getting into an accident. And so with this accident prediction algorithm, we're able to now link your premium to the probability of you getting into an accident, which becomes now very interesting because you're being priced according to exactly the risk that you're exposing people to. Another question I have regarding to you know the nature of the product you talked about is when it comes to how you guys work with regulatory bodies. So for example, is Kenya prepared to nurture new innovative products like pay uh, my insurance? And what are some of the things that you perhaps would wish would be there to just nurture such products? So we've had conversations with uh, regulators, with the umbrella bodies, and they're very, very supportive about these frameworks, about these initiatives. They're really excited about anything that will reduce 
the risk to the insurers, uh, make them more, for lack of a better word, scientific about their pricing. So at least on that side, we found it extremely supportive. On the technology end, you know, Kenyans are very good at adopting new technologies. You just have to show them the right kind of value. And so again, in that regard, we do feel like this is the right time for this solution. Kenyans are ready for it. You know, data, which is a huge component of this solution, has become a lot cheaper, a lot more affordable. Uh, telematics devices, it's, uh, mobile phones or third-party devices are also getting a lot cheaper, so it's easier to roll out these kinds of solutions. So we do feel like the environment is supportive. And, you know, in terms of regulations as well, there's already a company that's doing this. Some of the hard work of getting the regulators and some of the other participants in the market aware of this product. So it really helps not to up once the initial awareness has been done. Last question as we approach the end of this discussion, yeah? You've talked about the benefits of telematics to insurance in terms of reducing fraud, reducing underwriting versus in understanding or in rather making sure that customers are priced based on their behavior as well as other data that would help the insurer, you know, make sure that the car or the vehicle is used for its purpose and such. Could you go deeper into what all these innovations that come with telematics would mean for the insurer? That's a very good question. And I think that's one of the things that when you look at traditional insurance, they've been so risk focused that they forget that there is a customer on the other side of this. And we at iCare put customer at the center. So anything we do, the first thing we actually look at is how will the customer benefit? And, you know, one of the interesting things that we've been able to do is we partnered with an ambulance rescue company to be able to provide automated ambulance dispatch. Now, what do I mean by this? There's already companies out there that offer memberships to be able to get airlifted or lifted by an ambulance in the event of an accident. However, the solutions depend on a phone call from beat the person who was in the accident or a good Samaritan who's seen that you have a sticker on your car and makes that phone call. However, you know, if an accident happened at night or in a place without a lot of traffic, then you can imagine the valuable time that's lost. So for us, if you're able to tell when an accident has happened with our algorithms and we're able to tell where it's happened and the severity of it, it's only natural for us to be able to provide that kind of service for our customers where now they don't need any third party to come and make a phone call on their behalf. They can actually just get an ambulance dispatched to them immediately an accident happens. So that's one of the big value propositions that we see here. In addition to that, some of the other interesting things which we're currently working on that can be included for our drivers is things such as notifications that there's an accident on this road or you know, the weather in Limuru, fog is really bad. So when you get there, please slow down. The things like that are the kind of things that now with telematics, you can start giving notifications to the connected vehicle to allow drivers to know the hazards that are upcoming for them on the roads. How are you guys addressing some of the other challenges, you know, after a driver has been involved in an accident? and they need to claim the insurance. How are you guys cutting some challenges that customers face when it comes to lengthy claim processes? The claims process is very lengthy. You know, you need to have an OB, you need to 
you know, draw a diagram of how you are driving and where you are. And, you know, sometimes you've gotten very confused as a result of the accident. So it takes some time for you to even gather your thoughts to explain clearly. So what we've done is for the insurers we're partnering with, we do give them a full, what's known as the first notification of loss. So immediately an accident happens, we tell them. We also give them the accident reconstruction. So we're able to tell them a lot about the accident. The vehicle was hit from this direction. The vehicle was driving at this speed. The vehicle tried to brake or the vehicle tried to veer off. And this is where the impact was and you know everything else around that. So we try and give as much information to the insurer as possible to make sure that the investigative process is much shorter. Now all they need to do is just go to the site and verify, yes, this is exactly how it looks like. And, you know, if now the insurers pick up on the other, again, at the end of the day, the person who pays the claim is insurance underwriter, not I care. The insurance underwriter would then be in a position to make a claims decision much faster if we've speeded up their investigative process. Last question out there. When you collect data, you know, it seems to have quite a number of benefits for the insurer in terms of, you know, providing all the necessary information to make decisions towards claims, right? Yes. But then again, there's a flip side to it. Once you're able to amass quite a large amount of data with nitty-gritty details of where a vehicle is, what speed they're driving, that data can be open to a myriad of misuse. How are you guys making sure that the data you collect from insured individuals respect their privacy and is used in the most efficient and ethical way? Again, that's another very good question. Um, I stated earlier that we do put the customer at the center of everything that we do. And so we're very conscious about privacy. In fact, we run a survey earlier in the year just to find out how acceptable these products would be in the market. And we found that the biggest concern for the people was around privacy. So we've done a lot to ensure that the privacy is kept. One of the things, for example, we do is the location data and all the telematics data is stored in a separate database to all the identifying data around what's your name and things like that. So if in the unfortunate event, which again, we've done a lot of work on information security to ensure this never happens, but if someone were to get unlawful access to one of our databases, they still can't tie the information to an individual. So that's one of the things that we've really strived hard to do. And then when we're working with insurers and any other partners, the data is disclosed on a need-to-know basis. And there's a data disclosure or an information you know, disclosure that the insured has to sign. So the insured has to say, yes, I have allowed this insurer to be able to see my data. I've allowed this ambulance dispatch company, which I'm a member of, to be able to know my location in the event I get an accident. So it's very specific data access protocols that have to be agreed to by the insured. Thank you so much for answering that question. That's all I had for this episode. I can't wait to have you guys again. Then we can talk in detail the different products that you have, including you know, the APIs and the predictive analytics that iCare uses that could benefit a number of insurance companies and by extension, the insured. Thank you so much for joining this call to share this information. Yep. Thank you for having us and uh, look forward to our next conversation.